Hello and welcome back to the Girl Kind podcast. It's me, Millie, your host. I'm so happy you're here with me this week. This episode is a really important one. It is currently uh, the National Domestic Violence Awareness Month in America, but I think it's a very universally relevant topic that I'd love for you to sit down with us and walk through today. We have a really special guest on the show today, Andrea Ward. She is a professional celebrity stylist. She's incredibly talented, but she's also a domestic violence awareness advocate and activist. Um, She has gone through her own experience with domestic violence that she's going to share with us today and offer some really important life-saving insight into what it looks like to experience domestic violence or see what it looks like from the outside. So thank you for being here with us today um, during this really, really important topic. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce you to the wonderful Andrea. Welcome to Girl Kind, home of the Real Talk Guide to Accessing True Self-Love, Self-Confidence, and Passionate Purpose. In this podcast, self-made girl boss and founder of Girl Kind, Millie, will help empower and inspire your journey towards personal success. So if you're ready to show up and conquer your biggest goals, then you're in the right place. Here's your friendly and sometimes funny host, Millie Rose Bannister. So, Andrea, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We are so thrilled to have you on such an important episode. I want everyone to get to know you better now. Would you mind sharing your story with us? Uh, Yes. Um, I am Andrea Ward. Um, About 20, I want to say when I was 22, 23, I was still in college for med school. And... uh, Wow. I was I was in a relationship with my first love. I'd been with him since I was 17. And uh, yeah, he seemed like a totally sweet guy. He was great at the time. Uh, and then before I knew it, I found out I was about two months pregnant. And I was not expecting children. I just wanted to graduate from school. Mm-hmm. And um, but before I knew it, um, my first love began to change. Uh, it was his behavior. It was the way he would treat me. You know, um, eventually he became really abusive verbally, mentally, and physically. Uh, with that being said, it, it wasn't an easy pregnancy that I had to endure. Um, before I knew it, I, you know, I, I found myself having to fight for my life in the life of my unborn child, uh, which caused me to, to move a lot um, from places to places. I'd moved about seven, eight times. Uh, he was very um, tech-savvy, too, so it, it didn't help, especially with the Internet, how accessible it is. Uh, wow. And then I also had to drop out of school early because of it. Wow. that is. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, I, I sort of want to go back before we talk about your, um, experience with domestic violence. I want to chat more about you and what lights you up because of course, 
domestic violence experiences do not define you as a person or who you are. So I want to chat about your career as a stylist because that's super exciting. You are absolutely thriving here in LA, doing some incredible work. I want to know what does style mean to you and how did you come to sort of delve into this industry? So, um, after I went through everything, uh, I was just starting to get back on my feet and my twin brother discovered my textbooks of all the fashion designs that I was creating. I had over 250 designs. Uh, I hit the textbook. I didn't really believe in my work. I knew I loved fashion. I'd been doing it since I was 18. I started out modeling and then eventually designing and styling. Uh, so my brother kind of pushed me into creating my own work and I posted it on social media one day, which was Instagram and Mercedes Benz personally reached out to me. I'm not sure how they got my mm-hmm. number, but within two days, they flew me out for LA fashion week to showcase. And then I started trending going viral and I gained a lot of supporters, uh, especially from, you know, young girls that do look up to me and has followed my story since, you know, I first began my career. And then from designing, I also started merging into styling as well, too. And that was by accident. Uh, I got hired to do a job about six, seven months ago. And it was for uh, this rapper by the name of Silento for this TV show called The Doctors. And he needed an outfit within 24 hours, a custom jacket. I made it, but I also ended up styling him. And then from there, everyone wanted to be styled by me um, because uh, I have a very creative mindset and uh, I pay attention to detail. And um, from everything that I've I've done so far, it's all self-taught. I've learned from YouTube and reading books or just imagining it in my mind and allowing it to transpire into something physical. And from there, you know, all my re- my dreams became my reality. And so I've been doing this since 2015. So I've done about four different showcases with LA Fashion Week. I've been on the billboards. I've worked with major networks such as VH1, BET, Bravo, you know, um, and, and there's it, there's a lot more um, for me when it comes to fashion. Fashion was the way for me to express myself and, you know, just to tell a story of my life, uh, my life before the storm and my life after the storm. And my life after the storm is now, which is called redemption. Um, so the purpose of me just sharing my story and just aiming as high as I can with my goals so I'll never be disappointed is to encourage young women, even though you may go through a storm, it may be really bad, but after the storm, there's always a light. You know, their life will always get better after a storm. Storms don't let, never last long. Storms are only temporary in that moment. Mm, absolutely. What an incredible story. Um, I love that you refused to sort of set these limitations for yourself because it would have been very easy for you to sort of, um, yeah, put up walls and set limitations and roadblocks for yourself in order to sort of not get hurt again and, and, 
not put yourself out there, but look at all you've accomplished. That's incredible. You, I am so in awe of you and I'm so proud of you. Um, and I want to ask, you know, since your work has been so um, highly noted and it's graced the covers of huge magazines and you've, I see that you've sat down with Steve Harvey on his talk show. How is it that you deal with the pressure of presenting yourself and your work visually to a very critical media landscape? In order to present, in order, in order for me to present myself to the media or to allow the world to see who I am and to see my work and to visualize it, you must first have to be willing to be vulnerable. You know, if you're not vulnerable, how are your fans or people that watch you through the media or internet are going to be able to relate to you? You know, you have to be, if you're going to say something, it has to be something relatable. You know, um, at first, at one point, it took me a very long time to get used to presenting myself in front of large crowds of people or just being vulnerable in front of media or just explaining and sharing my truth and sharing my story. It took a lot of courage. You have to be vulnerable, but you also have to have courage and, and bravery to stand up for what you believe in and to have something to say that will be meaningful and it's going to come with a price that may influence other people's lives, if not save one. Oh, absolutely. That's incredible. And thank you for being so brave. Um, it's so selfless of you to put others at the forefront of your mind when sharing your story, because it's so, it, that's true. You know, you could be saving a life and that's really important. It's, it's bigger than us and it's bigger than what we do. It's about, you know, yeah, making this as big as, possible and saving everyone that we can um I want to ask really quickly in terms of your styling career um what's it like to style women and how do body types affect everyone's unique style because I know it's taken me a long time to sort of understand what works for me and to be honest I'm really not even close to being an expert in style but I know what makes me feel confident and comfortable what's your experience with styling women I actually love to style women um, just because women we are known to be a little self-conscious you know about our figure about our weight or, you know, just trying to portray the perfect image for a certain event or overall in general. Um, so the way that I style my, my clients, um, I style according to their personality and who they are as a person, as an artist, as a creative, whatever their career path is. I tend to style them based on that. I don't go by, you know, the size, the measurements or their figure. Every woman is beautiful in her own unique way. Every woman may offer or bring something else to the table. So I try not to take away from that. And in fact, I like to add to it because I want for all my, my clients that are women, especially to feel confident, beauty, beautiful, and, and radiant as possible. Um, with some other stylists that I do know, they style their clients according to what they think works. Anything can work. It's all about the client's personality, their vibe, and their energy. Like, 
I could literally style someone with a paper bag for like fashion week and she will be as confident and radiant because maybe it kind of fits with her personality. Maybe her personality is unique and edgy and is outgoing. It's not afraid to cross those boundaries. You know, that that's the beauty of my work. That's the beauty that I get to see and also witness when my clients are happy in what they're wearing and very confident. And it makes me feel better that I was able to help my client in ways that, you know, most people wouldn't understand. Mm, that is so interesting and really, really good to hear um, because I sort of hear conversations online about girls uh, commenting on other women's photos who are wearing, you know, uh outfits that require you know a level of confidence to sort of you know put on and pull off and they say you know I wish I could rock that or I wish that looked as good on me as it does on her and it's like well actually it's not about the clothes it's not about the clothes at all it's about you and it's about you feeling confident it's about your energy and your vibe and if you feel comfortable you're going to look amazing regardless of whether you're wearing a paper bag or a a Gucci dress. So I love hearing that from a professional. I think that's really, really refreshing. And I love that you center that in your work. It's really incredible. Um, I want to also ask, how did you come to position yourself as an activist against domestic violence? Because I'm sure it wasn't easy for you to, you know, take that trauma and that grief and turn it into something productive. So as an activist, platforms are very important. Uh, I was very fortunate enough to be blessed to be featured with Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week and Art Hearts. So how I got started and how I got into it was I was showcasing at every showcase, every season, and I noticed that all my shows were sold out. So I started by making a statement through my collections, uh, through my shows, um, Sometimes it could consist with like wording or an introduction video or models with their faces like half beautifully made and the other half is, is bruised, you know, to make a statement. Mm -hmm. Because when you make statements without actually speaking words, it speaks much larger volumes and it reaches out to a broader crowd and, and demographics that can possibly relate to. Um, you know, right now I am working with government officials to change the laws a little bit, especially with domestic violence survivors that have children involved with the abusers, too. And to also kind of maneuver and strategically change the laws geared more so to protecting the survivors than rather the abusers. Um, you know, I come from a city by the name of Baltimore, Maryland. Um, there aren't hardly any laws to protect the victims from the abusers. You know, I've had loved ones as close to me uh, passed away or, you know, to be killed by their abuser. And, and just growing up and witnessing this, like through every generation of my family, we've all been through it. And, you know, I'm only 28 now. You know, I so I I took the liberty of standing up and wholeheartedly believing in what I stand for, regardless of what others may think of me, regardless of others, what they may judge of me. You know, it doesn't matter. It's about 
working in the now to protect the future and for the next generation. Because, you know, this issue could be, it could be your daughter, it could be your niece, your aunt, your grandmother. It could be anyone that you love. It has no gender and it has no color and it has three different forms. You know, that's what kind of got me into being an activist in fighting because there's so many voices that has been silenced because of fear or financial struggle or whatever the case may be for them because everyone's case is very unique and different from others. But it takes a leader to stand up and to speak for them. So now I'm just, I'm acting as the voice for those that has been silenced and for those who are no longer here with us due to the senseless act of violence. Mm, Absolutely. You are incredible. And I sort of want to ask you if it's okay, what can domestic violence actually look like? What are the forms of domestic violence? I'm actually, I'm so glad you asked that. Um, Right now there is... Um, verbal abuse, physical abuse, mental, and then here's another one too that's very new. Um, there is religious abuse. Um, mm. So I actually want to break down religious abuse first because it's it seems to be the new norm. So uh, every culture uh, they have their own um, beliefs and religion. You know, um, from my knowledge and the victims that I have had. I've had saved and helped in the past. Like um, some may um, practice the Islamic, you know, religion. Uh, in 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 most of those cases, uh, and I'm not going to say all, but I I know quite a few, if not a lot. Uh, some of those women were, you know, were raised to obey their husband, regardless of what you know the husband thinks or says or how the wife feels. Sometimes they'll say. Um, God requires a woman to stick by a man no matter what. Or if the woman is done wrong, she has to be punished. You know, I've also seen that too. Growing up during my childhood, I grew up as a Christian. And I've seen it in many churches, you know, um, just coming from my uh, personal background too and from the city that I'm from too. And that has also... um, like my family throughout generations dating all the way back to the early 1800s. Um, so that's religious. And then physical, more so when your abuser gets physical with you, it could be maybe twisting your wrist or hitting you, slapping you, anything physical, and that is unwanted. You know, that's considered physical abuse. Mm-hmm. Verbal abuse is using toxic language. Um, like discrediting the victim's image, um, you know, calling her like fat shaming. That's another one. Um, just trying to make the victim feel worthless. And, uh, and a lot of times the abuser does that to feel empowered. It's almost like, it's almost like a fix for the abuser. The little they make the victims feel, the more empowered the abusers feel, they feel like they're in absolute control. And in most cases, they're considered a narcissistic sociopath. 
there's two forms of sociopaths. Um, you have the really severe cases where so they're controlling um, from what you're wearing, what you're eating, who you're speaking with, trying to alienate you from your family, um, trying to keep you from seeing doctors or keep you from practicing a certain religion. Um, you know, and then there's also mental um, by being uh, mentally manipulative. You know, um, just trying to gain control of your thought process and to kind of make you feel guilty when you aren't guilty is actually the abuser. And that's very common too. And then a lot of women, you know, they get brainwashed by the abusers because, you know, they think it's love and, and it's not, or it's saying, oh, hey, you know, uh, I didn't mean to hit you, but I love you, you know. And a lot of women, you know, they fall for that because, you know, they, some, in most cases, uh, some of them don't really know what the actual, like, true form of love is. You know, maybe that's the only form they've ever received within their entire life. So they're kind of used to it. They get comfortable with it, you know. Um, and, you know, like I said, I've seen that growing up throughout my, my entire life in, in childhood. And I just, you know, I, I never thought that that would happen to me until it happened. Yeah, that makes sense. And thank you so much for explaining all of that. I think... The education is so important um, and spreading awareness and breaking the stigma around speaking about domestic violence. So how can we help? I mean, this month nationally in the US is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. But beyond that, how can we as women do more to, you know, encourage victims to break their silence and and help educate them around what, you know, love is versus what domestic violence is? Well, I say the first things first, um, all victims need to come together and, you know, they need to come together. And as far as like survivors too, that's been through it and has also reclaimed their life after the storm, I, I think that the survivors need to all come together and we need to align our forces. We need to come together and speak to as many young girls as possible. Um, there's a lot of victims that are silent about it, you know, um, there's many ways we can help make a difference. Like um, this month, I'm actually working on giving five young ladies a free makeover that's our survivors, victims of abuse. You know, um, in a lot of cases, you know, women lose their self-confidence. They don't feel beautiful anymore. You know, they feel worthless. They feel ugly, you know, and Women, we are all beautifully unique and made in our in our own way, in our own image. And it's also about empowering and encouraging other victims and survivors. Like, it's okay, you know, what you went through is not okay. It's going to be all right. You know, sometimes you just need someone to just sit there and have that conversation with you. You know, uh, some people are not as fortunate to maybe have like their mom or someone that's older, someone that has the experience to speak with them, because a lot of people are just really silent about it because this is the most one of the most uncomfortable subjects and topics. And in within the U.S. has also been deemed as controversial, too, because no one wants to hear about a man beating up on a woman or a woman beating up on a woman, you know, no one wants to hear about it, but this is the time we need to start having discussions about it, especially with our kids, with our daughters, with our sons, you know, as you start developing and growing as a person, you start developing feelings that you may not understand. Um, some guys, they'll develop like a certain sense of 
rage, you know, um, it's just really like beginning to talk about it more. Let's make it a topic or, or you know, just having these conversations with our parents and our loved ones, you know, because you never know who's going through it. And you won't know until you say something or that person says something by having a conversation that's going to make a difference. You know, by standing up and not being silent about it no longer, that's going to make a difference, too, if not change or save your life. You know, um, women are just they're afraid now, you know, and, and right now is a time of women to stand up and start fighting back and start, you know, challenging themselves like, hey, I am no longer going to be afraid of my abuser. You no longer have power over me. You are not in control of me. I am in control of my life and my own destiny. So important. So good. Thank you for sharing that. And I know you're in the midst of uh, founding a curriculum-based program uh, for young women. Can you tell us a little bit more about what comes next for you in terms of your activism? Yes. So I'm actually working on a program. It's similar to their like say no to drugs, you know, for the kids, but I'm also working on uh, a program geared towards our young, our young ladies um, to let them know like the dangers of abuse, the warning signs, the indications before it even gets physical or gets to that point. Um, you know, just, um, just spreading more knowledge about it and, and in a sense too, and also within colleges, uh, also teach the women self-defense in a form of martial arts, like how to get away from your abuser, or if you're in a situation and, you know, a female uh, or a male friend gets, you know, a little physical with you, you know, just how to get away and how to fight back and defend yourself. Because most people don't know, really don't know, like a, a form of martial arts, especially women. I believe all women should know a form of martial arts. I've actually studied two forms of martial arts, you know, and, and that helped me in the past. And that's how I got away, you know. Um, but uh, with the, within that sense, I'm also going to be bringing quite a few celebrities on board that's also survivors of it. And they have been victims of it, too, and in a sense. And for the victims and survivors also to teach them how to be an entrepreneur if they want to get into the industry or pursue medical you know we'll have uh different um business professionals come in and kind of just give them that guidance because um you know even before you know before you go through the storm you know you you have no like before i went through everything i i didn't have any uh, awareness, knowledge, like I didn't know the warning signs, you know, and I wish I, w- I would have had someone sit down with me and actually speak to me about it. You know, you never know until it happens to you. So when it happens, it happens, you know, and that's when you know, but sometimes it's already too late. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, we don't learn any of that in school, which is, you know, why Girlkind is here as well to sort of support and cultivate those communities and those conversations around the stuff that we don't get taught. And as you said, self-defense is so important and understanding what domestic violence can look like and how to, how to go through that experience. What you're doing is so important and I'm so, so proud of you and grateful that you are in this world. So good for you and congratulations. I'm very much looking forward to seeing um, that unfold. 
Now, I want to ask you, um, before we end our conversation, is there a motto that you live by? Yes. Um, a model that I do live by and has actually got helped me get through a lot of my, my darkest times in my life. And, um, your first step is to walk away. Your next step is to live, live for you, live in your truth and share your purpose with the world. Oh, how beautiful is that? That's amazing. Thank you. So true. And now I actually have uh, five rapid fire questions for you that we ask every guest. So firstly, what's your favorite binge worthy TV show? Uh, Since eight. Cool. What's your favorite social media profile to follow right now? Uh, Dasha Palenko on social media, Instagram. Cool. Is there a beauty product that you can't live without? Neutrogena. (laughs) What is, this is very relevant for you. What is your favorite style or trend right now? Um, my favorite style and trend, I actually love the French lace fabric with the embroidery or diamond studs on it. Uh, it's all the way, it's made in Milan too. So that's like my favorite style or the hip plum dress. Oh, wow. Very unique and interesting. Lastly, your best confidence hack. Uh, let's see. Um, to stare at myself in a mirror for about 10 minutes, just uh, just giving myself these affirmations of how beautiful, how wonderful, and how intelligent and brave I am. Uh, that is actually my confidence booster every time, like uh, before I do a performance or I get on stage or if I before I even get on TV. So that's my confidence hack. So good. I think everyone needs to do this. Um, it is so powerful and I love that you do that. It definitely shows in your work and your life. Um, so, so good. Now also we ask everyone for a recommendation of the week. It can be a product, a service, an activity, anything that you're loving that you want to recommend to us. Let's see. Um, I would recommend to everyone to do start doing yoga. Yoga is very soothing and very peaceful, and it also helps with your your mindset and to center your focus on your weekly goals. Ah, oh, another amazing one. So, so good. I actually did a little bit of yoga this morning with Emily. I was feeling kind of down, and we sort of just did a little flow and laughed the whole way through it and then put some music on and just danced. And I honestly feel so much better. So I am with you on that. Now we have one final question for you before you go. When you hear the word girl kind, what does that mean to you? Women empowerment, women supporting women and uplifting young women. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you being here with us on the podcast today. You've brought so much value and important information and the world is better off because you are in it. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Yay. I don't know about you, but I honestly had chills through some of those moments Andrea was explaining her own experience and 
being so vulnerable. I was leaning in and I think that's really special of her to be able to be so brave and selfless in sharing her story. Um, and I also had a little chat with her off air. Um, her daughter is now five years old and her name is Miracle. And Andrea explained that she has been the most incredible motivation and she believes that she went through her storm to become a fighter and a mother and offer her purpose in the world to uplift and affect and save as many lives as possible. And she also wants to create a better world for her and us and her daughter and build an empire so that her daughter can succeed and excel on her own terms. And I think that's really, really special. So thank you for sitting with us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Remember to follow us on Instagram at wearegirlkind, as well as Andrea at fashionstylistandrea.com. W. I'm sure you'll be able to find her. She is doing some incredible work in the domestic violence activism space, as you heard, and I can't wait to watch her journey unfold alongside Girlkind. So until next week, girlfriend, I hope you have a wonderful week. And remember, we are Girlkind, like mankind, but not at all. <laughs>